Um, morning, everyone. We are here to wrap up this elemental series. And um, we started this thing talking about baptism. Um, we talked about what it does, what it is, um, how much water you need, all that kind of stuff. We went through the details. And then Jace opened up the Bible for us and talked about the Bible for a little bit. Neil talked about communion last week, and we're going to have a little service next Friday night, 7 o'clock, in this building, and um, it should be a really good experience. Today, our last element that we're going to go through is worship. Um, thanks, Damo, for your little... Where is he? There he is. Thanks, Damo, for your little um, welcome this morning and asking the worship question. That was good ties directly in with what I'm talking about, but we decided to do this elemental series to go through some of the things that we do during church, and we don't know why we do them. We just do them. And so we thought we'd break it up into these little segments. But before that, Neil's not in here today. He's actually taken XP3, so I can say anything I want. It's brilliant. As, as the senior pastor, make sure you call him the senior pastor, as the, as, as the senior pastor of Refresh... Um, just keep that title in mind for a second. I was at a conference on Wednesday and um, I didn't really need to go or want to go, but um, Neil bought me a ticket and said, you're going. And so this is sort of payback for that. Um, it was a great conference. Don't, you know, I wish everyone could have gone and listened to this guy talk and um, he talked about leadership and all this kind of stuff. But there was a, a man that introduced the main speaker and he was the senior pastor of Discovery Church in Melbourne. All right? it's, it's not an Adventist church or whatever, it's a non-denominational church. And he, he's the senior pastor. And this bloke, um, he wore brown shoes, the tightest skinny jeans I have ever seen, um, a pink check shirt, and he had a grey cardigan on. And I thought, as Neil is our senior pastor here at Refresh. I think he needs to wear a pair of skinny jeans, a pink, pink check shirt, and a grey cardigan. Who wants to see Neil wearing that? Yeah, look at that. All right, just take a quick survey. All right, he'll be wearing that next week. I think that would be one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, so once I got over that, the rest of the message was really good. And... Um, I learnt quite a fair bit. But this worship thing that I'm going to talk about today, um, I was struggling to work out a way how to introduce the topic. Because we've just sung um, three songs, where, what it, um, and we stand, we sing, and all that kind of stuff. But I thought, I want to take people on a journey that they may have experienced in church somewhere. And so the best way I thought to do that, well, let's do it with music. So I've cracked out the guitar... And um, bear with me, because I haven't really had a time to practice this, because I only came up with this this morning. And um, we're going to go back in time a little bit, and if this resonates with you in some way, join in. We did something similar to this um, at a Cape Case, which is a professional development day for our teachers. And um, I'm just going to play a whole heap of songs, and I hope some of them resonate with you. And um, I thought this would be the best way to uh, introduce this topic. So we'll s switch over to the microphone. There we go. Look at that. Give Brad a round of applause. He's doing great. And I apologise, Richo. I've done my best to put the <laughs> slides in order. We're not going to sing whole songs. We're only going to do a little bit.
Oh Lord my God In an awesome wonder Consider all the works thy hand hath made I see the stars I hear the mighty thunder The power throughout Universe will play Then sings my soul My Savior God to thee How great thou art Then sings my soul When I was growing up, 8 Mile Plains Church, it was just when 8 Mile Plains Church had decided to go to two services. And I used to go to the morning mass. I used to call it morning mass. Um, I used to go to the morning service. And... um, there was an old lady, and she used to play the organ, and that was it. There was an old guy up the front, sometimes my dad. Um, <laughs> he'd be up the front. For those of you who know my dad, you can see him doing this. Um, and they would direct the congregation as they sang. And if the organist is going too slow, they would turn and face the organist and sort of speed her up <laughs> and whatever else. But that... That was worship for me when I was about seven years old, singing hymns in Amal Plains Church. And I'm sure there's a few people in here that can resonate with that one. Um, This next song... Hopefully I can get the tune right. Um, On another story on hymns, when we did the um, baptism a couple of weeks ago, Boston Evans chose Amazing Grace. And I said, mate, there's a billion amazing graces now. Um, which one do you want? And he goes, the hymn. And I went, oh, it's been too long since I've played it. So I just sort of had to make it up on the spot. And that was obvious. Um, it is well. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows Whatever my love thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Thank you. Yeah, as I said, it's been a while. It's been a while. Hymns aren't the best on guitar at the best of times. Well, a couple of years later, when I was in a division we used to call Primary, they released a song. It has been the bane of my existence ever since. And for those of you that um, have, have seen the song or heard the song in the past, you'll pick it up pretty much straight away. It's <laughs> it goes like this. Lord, the light of love is shining in the midst of the darkness, shining. 
Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free from the truth you have bring us. Shine on me. You got to concentrate for the clap. Shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. It's the longest chorus ever. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word. Lord, and let there be light. Anyone remember that one? Yeah, getting nods. There's actually about ten verses for that song. What about this one? My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you all of my days. I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord on the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the sea will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. Yet another one. This is, I've moved up now to juniors, which is probably about uh, 10 years of age, up to about 12 years of age. And we're in, we're in church, uh, in Sabbath school. And then all of a sudden, a couple of blokes on a guitar would start singing. Here I am waiting, abide in me, I pray. Here I am longing for you. Hide me in your love and bring to my knees May I know Jesus more and more Come live in me all my life Take over Come breathe in me and I will rise 
as a budding guitarist, we'd start singing. I'm still a budding guitarist. Hide me now under rise and thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood. I will be still, know you are God. So we've been through a few generations of songs right there. And then probably late 90s, we started hearing this thing called Hillsong Building. And then all of a sudden, we had songs like this one. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. And then they sort of released something that sort of sounded like. What to say, Lord, it's you gave me life and I can't explain just how much you mean to me now. You've saved me, Lord, forgive all that I am to you every day. I can be a light unto the world every day. It's you I live for every day. I'll follow after you. Every day, I'll walk with you, my Lord. And then I forgot. Whoa. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. You gotta put a country twang on it. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth 
to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave. Well, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on. And then, as I said in the intro, we started changing Amazing Grace a little bit. And so we started getting songs like... Um, <laughs> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. It was grace. It was grace that taught my heart to feel, and grace my fears relieved. How precious, dear, that grace appeared the hour I first believed. My chains are gone. I've been my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy, unending love, amazing. All these different songs. And then more recent times, we had stuff like this come out of that Hillsong mob. Standing here in your presence in a grace so relentless I am one by perfect love wrapped within the arms of heaven in a peace that lasts forever sinking deep in mercy I'm wide away, drawing closer by grace. So my heart is yours. Oh, fear remove, breathe you in, lean into your love. Oh, oh, oh your love. Your so deep is washing over me. Your face is all I see. Jesus Christ. If you don't trip over, worship. It's a beautiful thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's not about music. Sometimes it's not about music, but we're told in the Bible from a very early on stage that music has a fair bit to do with it. 
You see, as human beings, we are programmed to sing. From the dawn of creation, we have songs that have been written. We, we have psalmists. We have psalmists that have written songs in the Bible, hundreds of them. They're all poets. They write them all so poetically and beautiful. And then you get the guys that lament and they get a bit angry and whatever else. But all modern forms of song and whatever else come from the ancient times in the Bible. There's one bloke I want to talk to you about this morning and I'll try and make this quick because I've just used a lot of time. But there's this bloke called David, and it's the same David that put that rock in the sling, threw it around his head and let it go and hit the giant. The giant went, and then he chopped his head off and all that kind of stuff. Same David. The same warrior David, and he wrote the book of Psalms. All right? He wrote all these girly sort of poems, which I think Neil would like to read. It's great. He's not here. I can just say anything. But we're going to go to Psalms 95. We're going to go to Psalms 95, and I'm just going to drop everything out of my Bible. And um, we're going to read this text. And as I said, I might go a little bit quick, and I apologize for that, but I just love music. And here we have Psalms 95 and verse 1. It says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Verse 2. And it says, Let us come before him with thanksgiving and exalt him with music and song. Now, I've summarized this for you guys, and I've summarized it into two words. Can I get them up on the screen, please, Richo? And it says, adoration and joy. If you read those words that we just read, you can summarize it in those two words, I reckon. You've got lots of stuff happening, but you can summarize it in adoration and joy. The people of God have always sung songs. The people of God, people of Israel, all that kind of stuff, they have always sung songs to God, whether they're happy, whether they're mad, whether they're whatever, they've done it in the form of song. It's like a human makeup comes with some element of music in it. Whether you can sing or not, whether you've got rhythm or not, whether you've got all that kind of stuff, I can guarantee that you guys pull up to a set of lights singing a song on the radio and then realise someone's parked next to you. Yeah? I can guarantee some of you have done that. I know I do, all the time. And then they get freaked out if you wind the window down and start singing to them. <laughs> Depending on the song, Justin Bieber just gets turned off. Um, what was I up to? Uh, and, and that's part of it. I know it's awkward when you can't carry a tune or whatever and whatever else, but I can guarantee you can make some sort of joyful noise I reckon you guys can make, anyone can make some sort of joyful noise, whether it's a squeak, whether it's a whistle, whether it's a clap, whatever else. That's a joyful noise. And that's all that God's asking for. He's not asking for the perfect singing and all that kind of stuff or, or the, the um, different connections that you make when you make a sing, when, when you're hitting all the notes, that high note, that low note if you're a bass singer, all that kind of stuff. He's not asking for that exact perfect thing. He just wants a joyful noise. He just wants a joyful noise, and the reason comes later in, in Psalms 95. Let's keep going. All right, and so in verse 3, we've got, For the Lord is, is the great God, the great King above all gods. You see, back in this time, we'll just pause there for a second. Back in this time, um, they had all different gods for different things, and they would be, build statues for them. And, and they, they would have the statues all lined up, at, um, along the gates to the temple and all that kind of stuff. They even had a statue. This is weird. They even had a statue for the unknown God. 
just in case they miss someone. All right? So they've got the God of the sun, moon, whatever, fertility, blah, 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 blah. And then the unknown God, just in case they miss someone. And, and we have instances in the Bible where um, we have the prophets of God walking up to these people going, you don't even know who you're building the statues for. You don't even know what that represents. I can tell you about the one true God, and he deserves to be worshipped. Let's keep going. Verse 4. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. And then I've changed that again and summarised it into two little words. Acknowledge and declare. We've just had the creation experience written here in the Psalms. David's writing about it, and he's saying, The Lord made all of this. We're acknowledging that and we're declaring that he did make it. We are, we are acknowledging God as a true maker. I don't know about you guys, but it's sort of leaning towards, yep, he's a pretty cool guy to worship. He's a pretty good guy to worship. There's another way to think about this. And I want to tell you a quick story. A couple of times happened in the Bible, and I don't think I've got it on the screen, and, um, but I'll try and find it for you while I'm talking. Um, we have the classic story of the Israelites walking around Jericho. All right? The Israelites have been camped out of Jericho and they've been given an instruction not to attack Jericho in the normal way. They've been given the instruction to just walk around it and shout. All right? Noise. Noise. And so that's what they do. They hike around the, the, the walls and they go around it seven times. They don't make a noise. They're just walking, marching. All you could hear was the footsteps. If you've ever heard military excuse me, military stuff happening and just the constant footsteps of a troop. It would be frightening enough for me. I would have been cowering in the, in the corner of Jericho. But here's these Israelites marching around, marching around Jericho. And they did that seven times. And on the seventh day, they actually did it seven times. And then they shouted. They made a joyful noise and the walls came tumbling down. They even wrote a song about it. I'm not going to sing it because that's another song that gets on my nerves. Um... But the walls came tumbling down. In 2 Chronicles, which is a book in the Old Testament, we're going to hang out in the Old Testament today. 2 Chronicles, and it's chapter, I don't know if you're good enough, Richard. Chapter 20 and verse 22. Let's see. Oh, mate, legend. Thank you. All right, and it says, As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Here we have the Israelite armies. They were chilling. They were the same sort of deal as the Israelites in Jericho. They were surrounded by these other armies, and, and this is Judah. And the Lord said, don't do anything. Just sing and praise. Worship me, and I'll deliver these. Guys. And that's what happened. That's what happened. He didn't say, get the most machoist blokes up the front and give them the swords, give them the spears, give them the whatever else they need to defeat these armies. No, I want you to get the boy bands, whack them up the front of the army, get them singing, singing songs to praise to me, and I'll look after the rest. You see, when young men worship, amazing things happen. When young ladies worship, amazing things happen. Sometimes we come, to, we come to congregational singing and, and if you're not from a Christian background, that's just weird. That's just weird. Because if, you, if you've never done something like that before, it is totally weird. 
Like, it's not rocking up to Coldplay or, or rocking up to um, ACDC, I don't know, U2, someone, and, and just sing along with the words. It is literally singing and giving something to God. Giving something to God and to other people around you. Because every time that you're involved in congregational singing here at Refresh or another church that you go to or whatever, you are actually helping others worship. And that's kind of what we're getting at here. Let's keep going in the book of Psalms, chapter 95. I've sort of touched on it a little bit, but we'll keep going. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. A time to surrender and submit. A time to surrender and submit. They're big words, surrender and submit. They go so hard against our grain normally. We try to fight everything that we're not in control of. To fully submit to something is scary for the human makeup. But what are we surrendering, surrendering? I just tried to combine the two words. What is surrendering and submitting? What are we doing that for? Or who are we doing that to? It's something to think about. When you come to worship, what are you worshipping? Why are you worshipping? It's something to think about. I'll tell you why I worship. You see, I've got a God in heaven that loves me enough that he would send his son to earth and humans on earth killed him for the price that I was supposed to pay. For my wrongdoings, there was a God that sent his son to die. That's why I worship. That's why I worship, because my God gave me a saviour, gave me a way out, gave me an opportunity to be with him forever. That's why I worship. And I'll tell you why I play guitar and sing up the front, because I want other people to, to experience something similar. I want other people, give other people the opportunity to worship that God that gave his son. That's why I worship. That's why I worship. And, and sometimes it's not about playing guitar, singing up the front, doing whatever else. Sometimes a form of worship is simply time. Sometimes a form of worship is simply giving some, some monetary donations. Sometimes a form of worship is just simply hanging out with God. To submit to God, to surrender to God. I talked about Eight Mile Plains Church. There was one song that I really connected with when the lady struck the organ. And that was I Surrender All. I don't know if you've been in an old sort of style church when, when, the, when they hit those chords for I Surrender All. And, and everyone just gets into it and sings it. It's one of the most phenomenal worship experiences I have ever been in. It doesn't come down to a style doesn't come down to a style. Anyone can, if you've looked at my iTunes account, you'd say, what does this bloke listen to? I've got country, I've got classical, I've got early rock, I've got late rock. I stay away from techno because there's no instruments involved. That's the only one I can't deal with. 
and this modern stuff. I don't know what's going on. This auto-tunes wrecked the world. But um, anything that uses musical instruments, I've got it. And, and when it comes to worship, I, I adapt to the environment that I'm in. See, I don't see worship as a style. I don't see that the, the drums are too loud or the bass guitar's too loud or electric guitars are going off. I actually enjoy that. Surprise. Um, you know, or there's a guitar or whatever else. It doesn't come down to a style of worship. It comes down to an attitude of your heart. It comes down to an attitude of the heart. And we, as human beings, sometimes get caught up in the wrong thing. Sometimes we get caught up in, oh, that's not right. I don't agree with that, so I'm not going to worship. Uh-uh. That's the wrong mindset. Why did you come to worship? Why did you come to this place to worship? You came to this place to worship because we've got a saviour that died on the cross for you and for me. That is why we've come to worship. It doesn't matter what worship looks like as long as you worship. As long as you worship. Let's go to the last section of this text. Psalms 95, we'll finish it off. For he is our God, and we are his people, uh, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear this voice. This is where it gets a bit weird. Do not harden your hearts as you did at Marie, wherever that is, as you did that day at Massa in the, the wilderness. These two places that we were just talking about there, um, it was a big defeat in Israel's history. Israel got slaughtered there. And so what actually happened was they turned from God and, and they lost their protection, I guess. Um, where your ancestors tested me, they tried me, and though they had seen what I did, had done. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Believe and respond. Let me give you a bit of background to that. Um, David's writing here and he's a bit angry and he's just getting it from God. And as I said, Israel had suffered a major defeat here. Israel had suffered a huge defeat. And um, it, it's around the same sort of time that um, Israel was hanging around the promised land. And this promised land, they were very creative in the Bible, weren't they? I mean, there's a land over there that God has promised us. What are we going to call it? I know. Let's call it the promised land. Like, they were creative as. Anyway, so they were, they were just about to enter the promised land and they decided to send some spies um, to go into that promised land to check it out. They sent um, 10, 12, 12, 12? I think it was 12. Um, I'm lost on my notes, so I'm just making stuff up now. Um, I'm pretty sure there was 12. And um, they walked into, the, uh, these spies went in the promised land and 10 of them come back. And 10 of them said, nah, we're not doing it. Those guys are giants. Those guys are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Probably not using Arnold Schwarzenegger, but as I said in previous sermons, I like to use movies because that gives me visuals on what's going on. Arnold Schwarzenegger, pretty much the Expendables, if you've ever seen an Expendables movie. Um, pretty much everyone is like that. And um, there's no way we can win. There is no way we can win. There was two other blokes, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb said, nah, we can do this. We can do this. Why? Because we've got the Lord on our side. Check it out. We've got the Lord on our side. And um, so on and so forth and whatever else. And, and Joshua and Caleb were sort of exempt, sort of, from this. 
But God ended up punishing Israel because of their lack of faith. And so they spent 40 years walking around the wilderness before they could actually go in. And that's when it says, I um, have punished that generation, roughly. That's a Simo translation. Because they doubted their relationship with God. And that was Israel. God was pretty open with Israel in the sense that God protected them with a cloud, pillar of cloud during the day. And at the night time, they had a pillar of fire. God was pretty apparent to the Israelites, one would think. You know, another story where the Israelites were walking through the desert and they're getting thirsty and, and their mouth is dry and they're sort of going, well, you've brought us out here to die of thirst. And God gets Moses to do all this kind of stuff, but it turns out there's a drinking fountain in a rock. You know, stuff like that. God was pretty apparent to the Israelites and they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. The good news is, you know those little numbers in your Bible? Sometimes they've just put gaps in, in these little numbers and stuff like that because the start of chapter 96, the start of chapter 96, and I've got it on the board here. See, God got angry at these guys for they didn't do what they were supposed to. But check this out. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. It's pretty cool. So David just experienced this whole time where, where God um, and, and his forefathers were telling him about this time where God had almost left Israel in the wilderness by themselves, 40 years, checking it out, because they didn't do what they were told. Seems a bit harsh. But in the greater scheme of things, nah. Nah. How do we worship? How do we worship? Do we worship just when it's going well? Do we worship in the hard times? Do we worship when things are just cruising? Do we worship by ourselves? Do we worship as a congregation? Just some questions to finish this up. Eugene Peterson wrote a version of the Bible and it's called The Message. And Eugene Peterson writes this particular series of texts in an awesome way. And I'd just like to finish by reading this out to you. Contemplate why you worship, who you worship, Eugene says it like this. Come, let us shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Let's march into his presence singing praises, lifting the rafters with our hymns. And why? Because God's the best. High king over all the gods. In one hand, he holds up the deep caves and caverns. In the other hand, he grasps the high mountains. He made the ocean. He owns it. His hands sculpted the earth. So come, let us worship. Bow before him, on your knees before God, who made us. Oh yes, he is our God, and we are his people. Uh, we are the people he pastures, the flock he feeds. Drop everything and listen. Listen as he speaks. Don't turn a deaf ear, as in the bitter uprising, as on the day of the wilderness test. Uh, when you're... 
when your ancestors turned and put me to the test. For 40 years they watched me at work among them, as over and over they tried my patience, and I was provoked. Oh, I was provoked. Can't they keep their minds on God for five minutes? Do they simply refuse to walk down my road? Exasperated, I explode. They'll never get where they're headed, never be able to sit down and rest. Sing God a brand new song. Earth and everyone in it sing. Sing to God. Worship God. It's a pretty cool way to look at it. It's a pretty cool way to look at this. You see, that 40 years that they were in the wilderness, God was still there. That 40 years that he was in the wilderness, God was still there and he still had that plan to send his son to die on the cross. So my question in wrapping up is simply, why do you worship? Why do you worship? Why do you come here on a Saturday morning, sing songs and whatever else? Why? Why do you worship? Let's pray. Father God, as we wrap up this series, we've just talked about baptism, we've talked about communion, we've talked about your word, and now we're talking about worship. And, and quite frankly, Lord, we are unworthy to worship you. And Lord, I just pray a special prayer on this congregation this morning, that as we go into our lives, we will find new ways to worship. We will help bring other people in, in worship to you. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunities you give us here in Australia. We're, we're free to worship whenever we want, whatever we want, and however we want. And Lord, I just thank you for that. We love you. Can't wait to see you in your name. Amen. Thanks very much. Happy Sabbath. Um, next Friday night, 7 o'clock, in this building, there'll be some soup and stuff, and then we'll get into the Agape program. Thanks for coming.